welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Great for night, family of light. It's your girl, Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all of your brothers and sisters in spirit. And though the Thanksgiving holiday is done, let us, every day of our lives, maintain those higher vibrations of gratitude and thankfulness. And if we sometimes find that it is not so easy, let us keep on working on it by remembering that life itself is a blessing and by always being grateful and giving thanks and praises to our own mighty I Am Presence because it is the presence of the living God dwelling within us and the reason to always be thankful. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and y'all be loved. When individuals come and ask about certain use of the law, always preface your statement with, you are an individual of free will, but this is the way I feel about it. What is required for the expansion of the light of one person may be entirely different from that for someone else. You cannot expand so long as you have an opinion about anyone else. It is stifling to your own progress. There is a time comes with everyone when he must stand up and face himself, his outer creation, then say this, whatever there is of imperfection left in me has to get out. Your constructive desire is God in action doing the thing. Your desire holds the power or energy of the I am, through the attention on the thing you desire to do. I am the full revelation and the perfect application for precipitating what I desire, and I do know what is the perfect thing to do in the outer self while precipitating. Say often, I am the precipitating presence of this thing. Do not be anxious, just know it with calm certainty. When you are conscious of the I am acting, you know it is moving forward. Do not let in the sense of disappointment, rather say, I am the perfect harmony of my thought, feeling and action. Out of thy pure essence, we receive now and forever thy strength, thy wisdom, thy understanding application of thy great and marvelous laws, that we may produce and maintain thy perfection in each life, mind, body, home and world. Beloved Saint Germain. Isis Unveiled, Chapter 14 In Pompeii, says Wendell Phillips, they discovered a room full of glass. There was ground glass, window glass, cut glass, and colored glass of every variety. Catholic priests who broke into China 200 years ago, were shown a glass, transparent and colorless, which was filled with liquor made by the Chinese, and which appeared to be colorless like water. This liquor was poured into the glass, and then looking through, it seemed to be filled with fishes. They turned it out and repeated the experiment, and again it was filled with fishes. In Rome they show a bit of glass, a transparent glass, which they light up so as to show you that there is nothing concealed, but in the center of the glass is a drop of colored glass, perhaps as large as a pea, mottled like a duck, and which even a miniature pencil could not do more perfectly. It is manifest that this drop of liquid glass must have been poured, because there is no joint. This must have been done by a greater heat than the annealing process, 
because that process shows breaks. In relation to their wonderful art of imitating precious stones, the lecturer speaks of the celebrated vase of the Genoa Cathedral, which was considered for long centuries a solid emerald. The Roman Catholic legend of it was that it was one of the treasures that the Queen of Sheba gave to Solomon, and that it was the identical cup out of which the Savior drank at the Last Supper. Subsequently it was found not to be an emerald, but an imitation, and when Napoleon brought it to Paris and gave it to the Institute, the scientists were obliged to confess that it was not a stone, and that they could not tell what it was. Further, speaking of the skill of the ancients in metal works, the same lecturer narrates that when the English plundered the summer palace of the Emperor of China, the European artists were surprised at seeing the curiously wrought metal vessels of every kind, far exceeding all the boasted skill of the workmen of Europe. African tribes in the interior of the country gave travelers better razors than they had. George Thompson told me, he adds, he saw a man in Calcutta throw a handful of floss silk into the air, and a Hindu sever it to pieces with his saber of native steel. He concludes by the apt remark that the steel is the greatest triumph of metallurgy, and metallurgy is the glory of chemistry. So with the ancient Egyptians and Semitic races, they dug gold and separated it with the utmost skill. Copper, lead, and iron were found in abundance near the Red Sea. H.P. Blavatsky In a lecture delivered in 1873, on the cavemen of Devonshire, Mr. W. Bengeli, FRS, stated on the authority of some Egyptologists that the first iron used in Egypt was meteoric iron, as the earliest mention of this metal is found in an Egyptian document, in which it is called the Stone from Heaven. This would imply the idea that the only iron which was in use in days of old was meteorite. This may have been the case at the commencement of the period embraced in our present geological explorations, but till we can compute with at least approximate accuracy the age of our excavated relics, who can tell but that we are making a blunder of possibly several hundred thousand years? The injudiciousness of dogmatizing upon what the ancient Chaldeans and Egyptians did not know about mining and metallurgy, is at least partially shown by the discoveries of Colonel Howard Weiss. Moreover, many of such precious stones as are only found at a great depth in mines are mentioned in Homer and the Hebrew scriptures. Have scientists ascertained the precise time when mining shafts were first sunk by mankind? According to Dr. A.C. Hamlin, in India, the arts of the goldsmith and lapidary have been practiced from an unknown antiquity. That the Egyptians either knew from the remote ages how to temper steel, or possess something still better and more perfect than the implement necessary in our days for chiseling, is an alternative from which the archaeologists cannot escape. How else could they have produced such artistic chiseling, or wrought such sculpture as they did? The critics may take their choice of either, according to them, steel tools of the most exquisite temper or some other means of cutting sienite, granite, and basalt, which, in the latter case, must be added to the long catalogue of lost arts. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 There are forces playing upon mankind's mental and feeling worlds in the next few months that, I tell you, are diabolical in the extreme, and unless you are filled with and armored by our eternal, invincible cosmic Christ love, and that victorious purity which I am to the earth now, you won't have the strength to stand against that condition of the outer world which is rampant everywhere. 
If you take your stand and turn your backs upon everything except our victory, you will find our strength in you to make you victorious. If you are determined your mighty eye and presence shall have all, and it shall come into yourselves and reveal the beauty and perfection of its glory, and be its joyous, victorious accomplishment in everything in this world, if you want to be or release its mastery over things in this world, then my dear ones, we are there to assist you. We are there to protect you. We are there to supply you with every good thing. We are there to lift you above every turmoil, but I plead with you, do not use the tools of the sinister force and then expect the protection of the ascended masters, because you will not have it. I'm not going to leave you in any misunderstanding about these things that come under the great law and control of the energy of the universe. If you use the slightest element of deceit, you have placed yourself under the law of the sinister force. There is no such thing as a little white lie. There never was, there never will be. Anything that isn't truth is untruth, and every untruth contains within itself penalty. The messenger told you the other night, you get the reputation for standing unflinching on what you know to be right, and do not yield an inch, and you will go forward from one mighty victory to another, and the sinister force will fear you and, ultimately, dare not approach. All you have to take is your unshakable stand with the perfection of your mighty eye and presence, and know that it is the authority to command and to compel everything that is of human feeling, human discord, human plans, human ideas to be forced into the violet consuming flame by your command, and it shall be so. You are not at the mercy of these forces of the outer world, my dear ones. You have legions of ascended master friends who guard you like diamonds, because every one of you is an open door through which our light and purity and cosmic Christ love can flood into the atmosphere of earth, wherever you abide, and you might just as well get the reputation now for being inflexibly and immovably firm in your decision. Beloved Elohim of Purity If you are right and you know you are right, take your stand, and as we have reminded you again and again, don't sidestep an issue and don't hedge. When people ask you a direct question, give a direct answer, and if you don't, you are just caught in this outer world thing. The outer world has so long thought it could hide something, and people don't hide a thing dear ones. That old human intellect, it is so hypnotized, self-hypnotized by its own imaginary power, which is but temporary energy because it has no eternally sustained supply of energy. It has imagined so long that it can hide something. It has gone on and on in its brazen conceit and gotten into deeper distress all the time. People think they hide things from others. They may not tell them, and they may fawn upon somebody else, but underneath, if it's in the feeling world, you are standing in each other's atmosphere, and your feeling world extends for at least a radius of 50 feet around the physical body in every direction, so, anybody that stands in your feeling world feels your feeling. Therefore, there is no such thing as fooling the presence, or fooling the law, or fooling us. The intellect has preferred to fool itself, but it really hasn't fooled the people around the individual. People become sensitive to these things, and don't you know discord, when you step into somebody's atmosphere who is angry, they may not say a word, but don't you know it? Don't you feel it when you come near? Well, so does everybody else feel you. If somebody has got a wrong motive, sooner or later it reveals itself. And if you will stand with that call for the all-seeing eye of God, the all-knowing mind of God, the almighty light of God to command, and know that you are, at all times, illumined by the mighty ascended master's cosmic pure mind of God, and there is nothing hidden that is not revealed to you that you need to know to hold invincible protection for what is constructive, to fulfill the divine plan the ascended master's way and expand it, 
and to give the assistance to all who want to try and serve the light. Now, if you will do this and go on as if the sinister force didn't exist, except to shut it out every time there is a temporary appearance, you will go forward precious ones. Beloved Elohim of Purity, 